At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome into the Lombardi line. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on this Tuesday, August the 17th in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And Wes, we have round two of the NFL preseason kicking off in a little over 48 hours from now. The New England Patriots will be in Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday evening. And of course, we got a full slate of games last week, Thursday all the way through Sunday as we prepare prepare for the regular season. Was there anything you were able to kind of glean or gather from what you saw for all of those games in round one of the NFL preseason uh, in the NFL preseason to take away and, and kind of make some assessments and maybe what the regular season will present? Yeah, you got to dig a little Brady in terms of that week one card simply because and look, we were at a game where this materialized in person right here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, just in that game, Seattle didn't have 30, 31 players got held out for the Seahawks and 25 for the Raiders. So if you look, a lot of these teams, there were a few that were at the bottom a little bit. Actually, I, I think Warren Sharp might have uh, compiled a list of this. Numbers of players held out of preseason week one by team. Los Angeles Rams led the pack at 38. And then Minnesota 31, Seattle 31, the Giants 31, Green Bay and Atlanta 30 respectively and on down. Teams that played the most were the Washington football team at Mm -hmm. six. Uh, They only had six guys held out. Jacksonville had seven held out. Tampa Bay had eight held out. Kansas City 11. So 
you know, some of these teams really treated this a little bit differently. And this week makes really the interesting week, I think, Brady, when we look at week two of now three weeks of the preseason, because some teams may treat this week as the dress rehearsal, Mm -hmm. where you get some of the number ones in there for a quarter, a quarter and a half, probably, you know, maybe even through the first half. And then some teams are not going to treat this as a dress rehearsal, maybe aren't going to have a dress rehearsal necessarily, because that last preseason game right at the end of the month is usually the ones where it's like, okay, everybody plays because we want to give everybody a shot. Some of these guys that aren't going to make our ball club might have some tape to make somebody else's ball club. So usually you're kind of filling out your last of the couple rosters, but there are like little things that you can take from each team. Like one thing I took from the game we watched on Saturday, even though we did not have a lot of starters go I was impressed with the Raiders being like physical on both sides of the line I thought they really beat up Seattle not only on the offensive line but also on the defensive line we know that Seattle also has some problems on that offensive line they have had some for years so that's a a little troubling and then the Colts game where we were on the green zone on Sunday was uh, Colts uh, hosting the Carolina Panthers Indianapolis has some real problems at left tackle, no matter who plays quarterback. And I know we're going to get to that momentarily. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the Raiders. And a lot has been made of that in the offseason, how they really uh, cleaned house on their offensive line, an offensive line unit that was really good in the past season. But I thought uh, they were stiff up front. And you're right, they got a pass rush uh, on Seattle as well. And then, of course, Nathan Peterman, maybe one of the best quarterbacks all week in the preseason. We were wondering if somebody else was going to play because both Carr and Mariota we saw right in front of us were just in jersey and no shoulder pads it's like do they have a fourth quarterback i remember we were asking back and forth it's like they have another guy and they did have another guy that basically came in on the final series mop-up duty just to run out the clock Well, we are going to talk about your Indianapolis Colts. You just mentioned them briefly. And if Carson Wentz is not going to be the starter in week one, and that is still certainly a possibility, it seems his status continues to get upgraded like he may play actually in week one. But if it is not the case, you've got Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, who we saw both of them in their preseason contest last weekend. Do you have a favorite of those two? Who would you make the starter for the Colts? I would make Jacob Eason if Carson Wentz off. Obviously cannot go. I thought he was a little bit more impressive, had a little bit more of a command of the offense. The problem with Jacob Eason is he got sacked three times and basically played an entire first half. Both of the quarterbacks were accurate and had some yards. Ellinger did throw an interception. Eason did not. But you look at left tackle. We've been talking about, obviously, the Wentz injury and obviously when Quentin Nelson is going to get back. Ryan Kelly is now finally back at center. But if you look at left tackle for Indianapolis, Anthony Costanzo did retire. Remember the year before he got talked out of coming back for an or talked out into coming back basically for another year but this left tackle is not held up now the Colts and Chris Ballard their general manager have tried to address that with Eric Fisher from Kansas City of course remember he missed the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year with that Achilles injury Fisher a former first round draft pick when Chris Ballard was part of that Kansas City front office so that's the guy that they want but they don't anticipate that he is going to be back in terms of the first week he going to be back at some point this season, but the timetable still in question currently on the pup, the physically unable to perform list. So right now it's been Will Holden and Sam Tavi, who they got from the Chargers as a free agent, and they did not hold up on Saturday. Jacob Eason sacked three times, did have pretty good numbers.
numbers, though, when he had time to throw the football, 15 to 21, 183 yards. So, Eason, we've kind of heard that he was going to be the guy, and then it's like, well, these guys are pretty much 50-50. We're going to give them reps. And Eason was the fourth-round pick, if you remember, in 2020. Sam Ellinger, they grabbed in the sixth round out of Texas this year. So, they were tr- they're trying to get these guys number one reps. And by the way, Frank Reich for their game next week has already announced Ellinger will start. So Ellinger will get the benefit of kind of playing behind and with the number ones like Eason got against Carolina on Sunday. So I think they just want to see and, and, and give each guy a fair chance and see who is going to be the starter. I know Wentz is closer to coming back than not, but I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. If he is not ready for week one, I'd say maybe week two, week three. And that's why I'm a little lukewarm on everybody jumping on the Tennessee Titans. I think eh, maybe the Colts are drifting a little bit. You know, we're kind of forgetting about these guys, but that schedule was tough the first few weeks. And then it kind of settles down middle of the season. So if you like the Colts from like a future standpoint, because I was thinking, okay, do I want to jump on these guys and bet them on a division? And I did pick them and what will come out next week, our VEASAN uh, pro football betting guide. I did pick them and kind of went against the herd and picked them to win the AFC South. But I do think this is going to be a slow start for these guys. So if you're wanting to bet futures markets and your shop has them up pretty much during the season and adjust the the prices from week to week, don't go with the Colts in week one. Don't go pre-flop on these guys. Wait maybe a few weeks because I think they'll start to put it together middle of the season. We are going to talk about the market for NFL Rookie of the Year momentarily. And, of course, we got to see some of those rookie quarterbacks perform in week one of the NFL preseason. Who is the most impressive rookie that you witnessed over the weekend in these preseason games, Wes? I would say the most consistent was Mac Jones in New England. And I really liked what I saw. He had command of the offense. Now, he overthrew a couple open receivers and I think that was just okay this is a young guy it's just kind of amped up and jacked up for his first NFL game and look you don't want to necessarily say okay start him right away and throw Cameron Newton away for a week one start because Cameron Newton did have to go against the number ones of the Washington football team which obviously is one of the better defenses in the NFL and you've got Chase Young who I think is is at least a shorter price for defensive player of the year certainly enough I know some people have bet him on a future to win that award and that's a little bit of an unfair comparison when you got Chase Young coming after you of course Cam Newton's going to have to throw a bunch of screens because you're getting pressured all the time so you're going to have to throw a lot of screens and quick slants but I would say Jones I would also say Fields keep in mind some offensive line problems also in Chicago and Chicago had to change that blocking a little bit have an extra tight end for pass protection we know Fields can scramble and he can make plays and throw on the run but I, I, when I was looking at the social media, Brady, I think sometimes we become like prisoners of the moment where it's like, oh, man, start this kid right away because you had, I think, five, three and outs with Andy Dalton. So it's like, okay, start this kid right away. You got to find a soft spot for this kid if you want to do that. Maybe Detroit in week four, I believe, is when they play would be the proper time. But I still think Andy Dalton is going to start week one. And I still think really all of these quarterbacks, save for Jacksonville and the New York Jets, where I think Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to start respectively, even though Lawrence not very impressive there in that first game, and really he never had a chance behind that offensive line. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought Jones looked like you said, had a good grasp of the offense. Justin Fields certainly had a nice stat line. He was 14-20 for 142 yards with a touchdown. He's never going to see a wide receiver that open again on that touchdown pass he threw, but we also have to kind of temper this situation. He was playing against the weaker half of that Mm -hmm. Dolphins defense. How about the most unimpressive rookie that you 
saw last week? Uh, You would have to say Lawrence by the numbers, but he was behind such a miserable offensive line, Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, remember, took the money. I think that line moved Mm -hmm. about seven points because, uh, you know, Cleveland wasn't really going to play anybody. And nevertheless, Cleveland ended up winning the game pretty easily. So, uh, you know, you would have to say Lawrence on the numbers and also maybe a little bit of Trey Lance. You kind of saw both extremes of him. Of course, that 80-yard touchdown pass, that's like, whoa, this guy's got something. And I do think he has something long-term, but he was also 5 of 14. And, you know, he needs to work on the accuracy issue. So I don't think he's ready necessarily to send Jimmy G to the pine just yet because Jimmy G did only get one series. I think he was like three of three for 29 yards or somewhere around there. I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but... Uh, you, you look at, at Lance, I think the potential is obviously there, and he is going to be the guy in the future. This is probably the last year, more than likely, for Jimmy G in San Francisco. So you got to you know let the guy develop a little bit. He's going to show you flashes, and it was kind of what Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune was saying about Justin Fields. There are times where he gives you those wow moments in training camp, like, okay, you know, this guy's got a real shot here. This guy's got some potential. I see what they saw in terms of when they drafted him, but there's also times when you get to that second and third read. And then you get a little bit lost lost out there and not know where to go. And I think you saw a little bit of that with Trey Lance. Yeah, I think what Trey Lance showed in his preseason game uh, against the Chiefs is exactly what Trey Lance is right now. He's a guy with a ton of ability, a very high ceiling. And a rookie quarterback that's learning how to play in the yeah. NFL. And, and I mean, there's a lot of, there's a, what they say, mental is to physical is two is to one. And you've got to really learn. You've got to learn the different terminology. you also got to learn the fact that the, the windows are a lot more narrow in the National Football League in terms of where you can place that football, and those windows are tight. And everything is so predicated on timing. It's not like in college where it's like the name of the game for most teams in college and most offenses are spread offenses where it's like get up to the line, run as many plays from scrimmage as you can, get your guy the ball in space, and run up tempo, 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 tempo. It's a lot different in the NFL. All right, who should start at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? Anything that you saw in their game against the Baltimore Ravens sway your opinion one way or another? Of course, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, both pretty pedestrian in their efforts. They both each threw an interception. Jameis Winston did throw a touchdown pass. I think they only each threw about nine passes. Both completed about seven and nine. So there wasn't really much that stuck out for me. I thought it was a little bit concerning that they both threw an interception. And my opinion did not really change, Wes. I think still Jameis Winston should be your starting quarterback. For me, Taysom Hill is just more of a gadget guy that you use when you see an opportunity. Yeah, I agree with you. Keep in mind, Jameis Winston just two years ago did lead the league in passing yards. Mm -hmm. Now, he also led the league in turnovers, and that's why he lost a starting job in Tampa and then had to settle for being the backup in New Orleans last year. One of the concerns, and I don't want to be overly concerned, but the preseason for the New Orleans Saints, where Baltimore, of course, continues that winning streak in the preseason, now 18 in a row. I think they're one win away from tying that record for the Green Bay Packers. I think it was like 1959 and 1962 when Vince Lombardi and the guys won 19 in a row in the preseason, but Baltimore really got helped out with that 
game. You mentioned the interceptions by both the guys competing for the starting job. How about six turnovers for the New Orleans Saints in that game? Because as you can see, they were winning until they weren't at the end. Baltimore goes for two, gets ahead of the number. The Saints took some money, including some of mine, but that ended up being a losing ticket. But nothing really changed for me. Now, you don't like all these turnovers, but I think Jameis Winston has to be your guy. I just think that there's more of an upside. I mean, this guy, I know they were behind in Tampa and they didn't have a great defense, so those numbers are deceiving, but this guy did lead the league in passing yards and was one of the league leaders in touchdowns. Now, he also led in interceptions and overall turnovers, so you just got to clean that up. And you can clean up the ball security a little bit, but you can't necessarily, I think, make up that talent that he obviously has and I think still has in the bag there. So I think Winston is the guy that really gives them the better chance. Saints a little shorthanded at receiver now without Michael Thomas and then Smith has been hurt. So Callaway has really been the guy that's been coming alive. This guy, if you're a fantasy player, which I am not, this might be a guy that might be a sneaky good pick for you. All right. How about the Denver Broncos? Who should start at quarterback for the Denver Broncos? Very impressive in their win over the Minnesota Vikings in their first NFL preseason game and this line has tightened up or excuse me it's expanded a little bit it was a little tighter before this preseason game Drew Locke I believe it was at about even money to be the week one starter for the Denver Broncos he's now at minus 130 the take back on Teddy Bridgewater is plus 120 and, and I thought Locke looked pretty darn good but I didn't think Bridgewater looked bad either they were both pretty sharp when you look at the numbers Locke 5 of 7 151 and two touchdowns now a big part of that 151 was an 80-yard pass to K.J. Hamler, just a busted coverage, and went to the house on that, but he looked sharp. Bridgewater was relatively sharp, 7 of 8, 74 yards, and a touchdown. I still think it is going to be Drew Locke, because I think the Denver Broncos want it to be Drew Locke, because they did draft him out of Missouri in the second round. Denver has not had much luck drafting quarterbacks in this John Elway era. Go all the way back to Tim Tebow, who was released today, by the way, uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Go back to Trevor Simeon, Paxton and Lynch. I'm probably forgetting a guy or two right now, but Drew Locke is a guy they want to draft and they want to develop to go ahead and win this job. Look, Teddy B had a chance to start in Carolina, didn't get it done there that first year, so now he is in Denver fighting for the job. I still think it's very close, but I think Drew Locke ultimately wins a gig. Game staying under the total in the first week of NFL preseason games went 14-3. and three. Is that going to continue? It depends on which starters play. Some teams are going to have dress rehearsals and some teams are not. So I think that's got to regress at least a little bit toward the middle somewhat. Yeah, I would agree with you. Typically, the market is going to adjust. There's no more efficient market than the NFL market. But, uh, you know, it's the preseason. I can see more games going under for sure. We'll take a look at the NFL Rookie of the Year market when we return right here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With football season just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 
be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Lombardi line here on a Tuesday talking NFL preseason and taking a look at the NFL Rookie of the Year prices. These are the before and after week one of the NFL preseason and just about everybody has ticked up. Trevor Lawrence from 3-1 to one to plus 325. Trey Lance from 7-1 to one to plus 750. Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons from 8-1 to one to 9-1. to one. Zach Wilson from 9-1 to one now at 10-1. to one. The only guy that ticked down a little bit was the aforementioned Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears went from 8 to 1 down to 7 to 1 and we were kind of talking about that earlier assessing what he did there West let's not overreact he was playing against who knows second third fourth mm-hmm. string defenders for the Miami Dolphins in that game but I can also understand the thinking here if uh, you did put a bet on Justin Fields to win rookie of the year he seems maybe to have a good chance to get into that starting role sooner than some of the others that we saw debut over right. the last week Right, and then, you know, some lukewarm performances from some guys, including Trevor Lawrence, including Trey Lance, even though he had that great 80-yard touchdown pass. But Zach Wilson is still trying to figure it out. He was a little bit of a late arrival to camp. And then looking at Pittsburgh, Najee Harris has drifted up. Pittsburgh's had a couple games now in the preseason, and they've struggled a little bit to run the ball. And we know that's what they did last year, where they were dead last in rushing offense. And plus, uh, a lot of uh, makeshift work on that offensive line in Pittsburgh. That's kind of a theme around the week. I've mentioned a bunch of offensive lines, so I'll go back to another one, that being Justin Fields. When Matt Humans and I talked with Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune last Tuesday on my guys right here on Visa, and he said, look, we've had four guys so far that we've seen in training camp work at left tackle. Not one of them, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, the kid that they traded up actually to get, uh, traded a picks with Carolina to get there in the second round, and he has not gone as of yet. So, you know, you're you're saying, okay, start Justin Fields, but you got to put him behind a shaky left tackle situation. So are you really ready? Because this is obviously a guy that's more of a long-term investment than Andy Dalton. I don't want to sound callous and cold here, but it's like you don't have a, as much in, in, in Andy Dalton if Andy Dalton takes a lick behind a bad offensive line than you obviously do Justin Fields. So I can understand why, why, you, sh- why you drifted or shorted down a little bit on the price simply because he put up numbers and then everybody on social media goes nuts and look all the bookmakers behind the counters that put these prices up they've got their twitter open and and i've been to some of these hubs and seen that they got this open so they're seeing your reactions like justin fields man we finally got a quarterback in chicago (laughs) here we go we're getting a lombardi here finally and you know, and that's and that's what happens. You get that reaction, and then obviously the prices either move on that reaction, either betters bet it, or bookmakers more often than not adjust it before you can bet it because they know that you're going to bet a worse price. It's like, well, he's seven to one. That's not a big drop from eight to one. I'll still go ahead and bet it because not all betters are price sensitive. So, I can understand why that shortened. Nobody really stands out to me right away when I when I'm looking at this Brady because I thought I could maybe make a case for Jamar Chase because that's obviously a big weapon for Joe Burrow, reunited former LSU Tigers from that national championship team. But that's another 
another team that's got to keep a quarterback upright that did not do so in his rookie year as Joe Burrow didn't make it through the season unscathed. So nobody right now really stands out to me in terms of somebody I want to bet in this category. Well, it's hard to not bet a quarterback. That is typically the winner of these type of awards. But I don't think Najee Harris is that bad, especially when he moves up to 10 to 1. Uh, You mentioned some of those struggles that Pittsburgh had. A lot of plays that were made by Najee Harris were called back because of penalty, a holding penalty or problems that they had along that offensive line. I still thought he looked pretty good. Now, whether he's going to be good in the regular season, I don't think we know yet because there is problems on that offense for Pittsburgh. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is still the rightful favorite because you alluded to it earlier. We we got to figure he's going to be the starter. Yeah, and, well, he's going to go from the get-go. Right, and he's going to have the most opportunity possibly to win this award. Zach Wilson for the New York Jets probably as well. So I, I believe this market is very tough right now. Certainly not going to get my money at this point. And I don't know if it well throughout the year as well. But uh, Najee Harris, maybe if I was going to go away from a quarterback, look at that Pittsburgh Steelers running back out of the Bay Area. We'll come back and talk some baseball next for your Tuesday. Check the Major League baseball card right here on the Lombardi line. College football betting guide is here. Start your football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Talking a little Major League Baseball here for your Tuesday, and we've got a doubleheader that will kick off with Game 1 here in about a half an hour from now. This will be in New York, the Yankees hosting the Boston Red Sox. And heading into today, the Boston Red Sox are three and a half games back of the AL East leading Tampa Bay Rays. The New York Yankees are five and a half games back. So a lot can happen here over the next few hours with this doubleheader today, Wes. It'll be Houck versus Montgomery in the opener, and the New York Yankees opened as minus 135 favorites on the overnight. But this number has come down. Boston taking some money here at BetMGM, minus 120, and there's even as low as minus 114 in the market. Yeah, Hauk only 213 on the XFIP, despite the fact that he's 375 in terms of that batting average balls in play, which kind of matters. Uh, you know, I guess takes into account luck, really, in terms of defense behind your balls just finding holes. So that's a pretty high batting average balls in play for such a low XFIP. Seven starts this season for Tanner Houck. Three of the previous six were also in one of these doubleheader situations where they're only going to go seven innings. And he's actually been pretty solid for a team that kind of needs some pitching help because we've seen some of that pitching regress really over the second half of the season. But he is kind of a spot starter, 25 years old. He hasn't reached 90 pitches yet this year. So he's not a guy that necessarily goes deep into games, but he limits walks. He can strike out guys and 
that's obviously very important. On the other side, he's going with Jordan Montgomery. He's been kind of the steady Eddie, really keeping this staff together. But I think his availability has really been his strength. If you look, he's made three starts against Boston this year. Jordan Montgomery has gone basically around six innings in all of them. I think there was one on June 26th. He gave up eight hits and three earn. July 16th, three hits and three earn. July 22nd, three hits and zero earned in terms of five and two-thirds innings. So he's been pretty consistent so far against the Yankees, or against the Red Sox, rather. But Red Sox taking the money, and I think it's simply taking the money just because of these numbers I explained on Tanner Houck. The fact that he's only 213 on the XFIP versus a 338 ERA that shows some positive regression could be coming. And look, I like the Red Sox on the opener. I missed the party, though, when they were like plus 115 or plus 120. Now you're only getting them, and it's actually minus 105, a different stagger at BetMGM. I think the highest I see in the market's like 104 or 105. So I've been late to this, so I'm going to pass on game one. Both the Red Sox and the Yankees have won three games in a row. We'll see what happens pretty soon here in this doubleheader in the Bronx. The Brewers at the Cardinals, 445 Pacific, 745 p.m. Eastern time. Corbin Burns taking on Adam Wainwright. And I did play the Brew Crew here, Wes. Uh, I played him at about minus 150. They opened at minus 140, now up to as high as minus 155. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of a mismatch there, Corbin Burns versus Adam Wainwright. Uh, and I, of course, like the Brewers more so than I like the Cardinals. But for me, this was a little bit of a fade off of uh, on Wainwright off of that last start he has as well. That was really kind of like a no-hitter, what he did in his last start a complete game shutout and uh, he did it with less than 100 pitches so I'll take Burns uh, against Wade Wright not only because I'm on the Brewers but a little bit of a fade of Wainwright and the Cardinals as well you know somebody I saw on Twitter kind of pointed this out as San Diego lost another game in Colorado Reds ended up pounding the Cubs that they've been doing a lot to lately and we see the Reds are one and a half back of San Diego in the wild card now all of a sudden the St. Louis Cardinals are only four games back and it's like these guys really didn't do much at the deadline. They got Jay Happ and they got uh, John Lester, but these are guys that have posted kind of bigger numbers this year that haven't exactly been great, but yet now all of a sudden you see the Cardinals kind of hang in there and they're five games over 500, and it makes me at least lean. I think the underdog and price at home is enticing. However, you want to look at the Milwaukee Brewers. They're 23 and 13 as road favorites this season, so that's hitting at about a 64% clip. St. Louis, now that they're five games over 500, but they've got they've got basically a minus 21 run differential right now, and it's like somehow this team is getting some wins and hanging in there, but I would maybe do a half-and-half half split on the Milwaukee Brewers here. I don't necessarily disagree with your side. It is up to about minus 155, somewhere in that low 150 range at BetMGM. And you can also play a little bit on the first five. And what I would do is I would actually lay, you know, sometimes when I don't want to lay this big juice on the first five, especially as a road favorite, would look to maybe lay that half a run at minus $1.05, minus $1.10 is pretty much the market consensus price because it's tough to fade, Corbin. Burns here. I mean, he is a Cy Young candidate for a reason. 223 on the ERA and 219 on the XFIP. When you can be better on the XFIP than on the ERA and you're getting a 223 ERA, that is astonishingly good. So, 
I know Wainwright looks tempting at this big price, but I would still be with you on the Brewers. All right, let's take a look at the nightcap here. This is the Pittsburgh Pirates in Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers. Will Crow versus David Price, 7-10 Pacific, 10-10 p.m. Eastern time. And Gil Alexander was talking about this a little bit on a numbers game. Mark Borchard had pointed out that obviously the favorites are on such a run these days, but when you get to this point in the season, favorites at minus 180 or better have been very profitable over the years and Wes I think we have such a haves and have nots in baseball right now I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to find the Dodgers who are better than three dollar favorites if you can find them at less than three dollars or maybe use them in a parlay situation I mean you're you're talking the Pittsburgh Pirates against the almighty Dodgers you saw that lineup Mm -hmm. on Sunday night baseball when they just trounced the Mets the only guy that was missing from that lineup was Mookie Betts he's not too shabby but the rest of the team that they had around him I mean it's just an embarrassment of riches. They are so good. I'm okay with laying the price tonight against the Pirates. Yeah, and what I will probably do, I certainly don't want any part of the Pirates, even though I think Will Crow has been okay. I think he's been at least above average when you look at that Pirates staff. Now, that's probably a pretty low bar when you really examine it closely, but where I might look here is I might look a little bit to the under. It's currently at nine, juice to the over at 115. And look, I think Crow can maybe stay in the game for five or six innings before you worry about that bullpen and getting some runs late. But where I would be leaning here, I think, is the under. Now, they want to see if David Price can go a little bit deeper in the game because obviously shorthanded on the staff. We're going to find out what happens with Trevor Bauer, I believe, later this week. Now, Max Scherzer has kind of stopped the bleeding, and Urias has been good, and Bueller has been good, but Kershaw's still out. So they want to see some good good out of David Price tonight. So I'm definitely not taking the Pirates, but I would look under nine here. Not too shabby so far at four and one with an ERA of 3.6 for Mr. David Price. When we come back, we'll talk with Mr. Will Hill, get his plays for the day as we roll along here on the Lombardi line at VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Place your bets on all the exciting showdowns in MLB, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code VEASAN1000 to get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Will Hill now joins the program. He is a regular contributor here on the network and also in our online digital publication, Point Spread Weekly. You can find his work also at his Twitter handle, not the Will Hill. Good morning to you, Mr. Hill. And 
I know you've got a couple of baseball games uh, in your pocket today to play, and I want to start with the Mets visiting the San Francisco Giants. And I'm kind of with you here. I believe you're leaning to the Mets side. Marcus Stroman will go against Logan Webb. The Giants are about a minus 160 favorite on the money line, and that seems disrespectful of Stroman, who, uh, despite his record, has still pitched very well for the New York Mets. I'm going to stay away from it, though. You're more gutsy than me. It just seems like the Mets find way to uh, find ways to lose and the Giants find ways to win. Yeah, there's no doubt everything you said is true. I just think this Mets slump, this Mets slide coincides with the schedule that we've talked about a few weeks out where, look, 13 in a row against the Dodgers and the Giants, not going to be easy. There's four games into it. They're 0-4. But I think that slump, that streak is giving the Mets a little bit of value here. Stroman, like you said, has pitched well. He's kind of become the de facto ace with the Grom out, Syndergaard out. Walker has you know, reverted back after a good first half and being an all-star. Uh, Carrasco hasn't given them what they hoped for. So uh, they send their best pitcher out to the mound tonight. This is a huge game. I mean, you got to stem the tide. You got to stop the bleeding at some point if you're the Mets. I mean, pretty soon you, you, you keep playing poorly. You're going to look up. You're going to be under 500. Um, you know, Webb has pitched really well for the Giants. He, he's a, a soft contact guy, ground ball guy. So I'm not opposed to an under here. I do think there is some value on the Mets, especially you get them like plus 150 or something. I do think that's a bit of an overreaction to uh, to the Mets' recent struggles. A team that's not in the mix right now in the NL East, right now in the cellar at 50 and 68, are the Washington Nationals. They are 1-9 and nine in their last 10 games, and they're getting the Blue Jays in D.C. tonight. Alec Manoa, 11 strikeouts last time out, so we've seen a little bit of a move, obviously, on the Blue Jays. I'm seeing as high as minus 210 at BetMGM. Can still get it about minus 190, minus 195 at some other places in the market. And will you like the road favorite? Are you going uh, run line, or are you going to go split first five and full game here? I'm going to lay the run in half. I'm on the road, so I get the nine at-bats no matter what. Like you said, Manoa, he's got really good stuff. 11 strikeouts last time out, just dominant stuff. I think he's going to be a really good pitcher. The Blue Jays got a dangerous lineup, so they got a mismatch in terms of pitching. I don't think Fetty is not really a major league starter on a good team or a respectable team. Uh, a much better lineup for the Blue Jays. So I think the Blue Jays will pull away, win this game pretty comfortably. Still have a lot to play for. Haven't played great the last week. You know, lost a few games to the Mariners, lost a game or two to the Angels last week to fall behind the Yankees and some of these other teams who are playing really well uh, in contention for the wild card. But, uh, you know, maybe this is some recency bias. I cannot remember a year where there's this many terrible teams late in the year. I mean, you look at the Nationals and Cubs post-deadline, they lose every day. The Diamondbacks, the Pirates, the Orioles, I think, have lost 12 in a row. I mean, I haven't even mentioned the Pirates. I mean, there's just so many terrible teams that not, basically not even trying to win. I don't know if you guys can remember a year where it's been like this. It's almost like sometimes the NBA, the last three or four weeks, these teams tank for lottery balls, and there's just five or six teams where you can't make the line high enough and we're kind of seeing that this year in baseball. Some of these teams are just brutal. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Will. And we've been talking about that. Gil Alexander was talking about it on a numbers game. Matt Humans and I were talking about it on My Guys in the Desert. Uh, I don't know if I've seen such a drop-off after the trade deadline. There's absolutely the haves and the have-nots. And I think the Dodgers are an example tonight. David Price going against the Pirates. I mean, are the Dodgers really going to lose that game? I think that's uh, a game uh, that you don't want to be shy about. Maybe putting in a leg of a parlay, a little two-teamer or something like that. And, I, and I'm with you on the Washington Nationals, too. They've been getting beat up as of late and Toronto like you say they had a little bit of a uh, hiccup there with the Seattle Mariners but uh, they have absolutely been a good ball club over the last month or so so I can see where you're going there now this one puzzles me you're going to take uh, the Detroit Tigers going against the Los Angeles Angels and the Tigers are in the role of the favorite explain that one to me 
Yeah, Mize has been my little go-to. The Tigers have been my little pet team the second half of the year. I mean, I, I think we all would have just been shocked if we said in March that the Angels would have had Otani the MVP to go with Rendon and Trout, and they would be underdogs at a game against the Tigers in, in August. Obviously, Rendon and Trout are out, and the Angels have struggled. They've struggled to score. This is a tough spot for them, too. They played uh, home against Houston Sunday afternoon, get on a plane to New York, get off the plane, go face Cole, score one run, and then go back on a plane and fly to Detroit. Uh, Mize has been really good. The Tigers are kind of building something here. I think they're highly motivated to finish. Man, if they could finish 500, I, you know, Hinch isn't going to win co uh, manager of the year, but he's got a case. I don't know if anyone's overachieved more than the Tigers. So I like this team. I like Mize. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it here. It's a, it's a short price. I, I would like to be getting plus money. I, I'm laying a little bit. I think I got it at dollar 25. So uh, I'm going to stick here with the Tigers and Mize. Tigers all of a sudden only four games under 500 at 58 and 62, which, uh, and look, I think that team kind of knows that too, to Will's point. They know that, hey, we're close here. We can get to 500. And I think that that's a goal and an attainable goal for this team. And look, the Angels, uh, Bundy just, I keep waiting for positive regression and I just haven't seen it for Dylan Bundy, even though the numbers say it's coming. But William, uh, let's stick in Detroit. I believe you're on a preseason game already this week, and that is the Detroit Lions you got them six and a half I'm seeing some five and a half and six in the market right now but we've seen a lot of moves early in the week on these preseason prices so it's kind of like the way you want to bet preseason either bet early or bet late because you're going to get some good numbers here with the overreactions even in week one of the preseason yeah, I apologize ahead of time for making you guys bet the Lions here, but uh, come on, getting six and a half. There's some six and a halfs out there. It's just, it's the preseason. We've seen these games are too low scoring. They're too random to be laying six and a half. Um, yeah, I think you got a little bit of a motivation edge too with Detroit with their uh, their highly caffeinated coach in Campbell here <laughs> who hasn't won a game, it, a new regime, probably a little bit more motivation to establish somewhat of a culture as opposed to Pittsburgh. Who, they already have two wins in the bank for preseason. It's a veteran team, a veteran coach result probably doesn't matter as much to them to me this is just too many points in, in a preseason where like i said the games have been low scoring and the games have been close i think 10 of the 16 games last week were were one score games so for me just too many points not to take i, I might even sprinkle a little on the money line and of course, I do apologize ahead of time. Well, and to your point, Will, look, the Bengals, I believe, were getting six in exactly. Tampa Bay last yeah. week and and won easily. So that is a, a lot of points, I think, even in a preseason game. Not much separation. Some teams are going to use it as a dress rehearsal. Some teams are not. So Will, Will Hill is going to take the Detroit Lions in the Charlie Batch Bowl, Brady. Remember, Charlie yeah. Batch, of course, was a starter in Detroit, ended his career as a Michigan backup. Michigan State, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's now, I think, the, I think he's the radio broadcaster, the preseason TV broadcaster, by the way, for the Steelers. So uh, split loyalties for Mr. Batch. I think he's probably loyal to his check, though. Will earlier in the rookie cards of his, maybe that'll help his rookie cards that I got sitting somewhere collecting <laughs> dust. I don't know if that helps that, but sorry, Brady. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that uh, Wes and I were talking about the NFL rookie of the year market earlier in the show. And I guess you've landed on a guy. Wes and I had a hard time looking at this market, really trying to uh, find one that jumped out. And you know, that's off of one week of the preseason, maybe not uh, something expected to jump out at you at this point, but uh, you've landed on Mr. Pitts, the Florida game now the Atlanta Falcon and uh, his odds moved up I believe it was from eight to one to nine to one on the tight end 
Chomp, chomp, Brady. I love Pitts. I think, look, if it's obviously a quarterback award, but if you're betting the quarterbacks, you're not really getting the value. I just think when you look at Pitts, I mean, you hear some of the same words for a lot of these guys that could, you know, talented, uh, potential. Some of these guys can be good. When you hear, we talk about Pitts, it, it, special is the word you keep hearing, and you watch him in college, and he, he was that. He was special. Uh, you got a solid quarterback, Ryan, to get him the ball. You have Ridley, and you could say, well, Ridley's going to take away some of his touches. Well, Ridley's also going to draw some attention from the defense. I just love the talent here with Pitts. You're getting eight, nine to one. I think he could have a big time year, like a, a Randy Moss type rookie year. I know that was a historic rookie year, so maybe that's a little hyper, uh, hyperbole there, but I just love Pitts. I love the talent, and you can get him at nine to one. I, I kind of like that one. And Atlanta isn't a team, guys, that I'm really necessarily high on. I wrote the NFC South for the aforementioned NFL betting guide that's going to come out next week. And this isn't a team I'm high on. Atlanta elected to bring Matt Ryan back. Didn't trade him. Obviously, he is like 35, 36 years old right now. So maybe they could have rebuilt and drafted a young quarterback. But they did draft Pitts. And look, Pitts is going to be productive, to Will's point. Also with Atlanta, look, Calvin Ridley outshone Julio Jones last year. Even with Julio Jones. Jones in the lineup so he is going to get a lot of the attention the Wills point Atlanta's still looking for that number two wide receiver so maybe that number two wide receiver is going to end up being the tight end and Kyle Pitts I think this was the guy I think when you listen to the draft Knicks that said okay he's probably quote unquote best player available regardless of position in terms of being ready to play so you know we were talking about that it was like none of these quarterbacks right now really stand out to us I don't think I'm not convinced any one of them are going to start necessarily. That could obviously change over the next three weeks. So Kyle Pitts kind of seems like if you like this category to be kind of the safe pick of those top five. Will, you got anything on the golf course this week? It's been a tough couple of weeks for Mr. Reynolds and myself. We had uh, Harris English, you uh, course, uh, cash that ticket with Abraham Answer. And then last week we had Russell Henley. I had another guy, Kevin Naw, in that playoff. I mean, I had the leaderboard surrounded and did not land on Kevin Kistner. Matt Humans did, though, so we get one in the win column for the Long Shots crew. Now we're down to the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings for the Northern Trust. Did you play anybody this week? Yeah, so, sorry to hear that, Brady. A lot of long, long fly balls to the warning track. Uh, <laughs> sooner or later, they're gonna they're gonna clear the fence for you. Played a few guys: Libiota, Burns. The guy I'm looking at, Robert Sloan. Last four starts, he's finished 31, 16, six, and two. So he's knocking on the door. Really a solid all-around game. You could get him at a long price. Like you said, it's a loaded field, so you're gonna see some juicy prices this week. But uh, as always, I will be checking out long shots to maybe copy off your paper as well. The Canadian Robert Sloan had a heck of a week last week uh, at the Wyndham Championship. All right, Will, do it. Do your part here. Beeson.com slash subscribe. We got betting guys, college football, pro football. You get a little bit of a discount if you get both. Well worth it. Absolutely well worth it. They're both going to be really good. There he is. Check him out on Twitter at not the Will Hill. We'll be right back with our number two on the Lombardi line at Vsin. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.